we started a new series last week called Unraveled. And I truly believe that we've gone through this kind of unraveling over the, the course of all the things that we've been going through. And it's kind of like this spool, right? And as, as our plans have been unraveled and canceled and all things have been changed and, and some people have lost jobs and all sorts of things have happened, we've just been kind of unraveling. We expect things to go a certain way, and, and before you know it, we're just kind of, we, we've got all of this just unraveling and in a big mess. Uh, I've been saying this has been the longest past couple of months, and then I realized, and I looked at it, it's only been like five weeks, and that's just crazy. It has felt like so long, and when things unravel, often that's how it feels. Uh, we just sit back with this mess. And then we say, what can God do with all of this? And this whole series is based on what God can do with the unraveled mess that we sit in. Last week, we said that we, when we expect pain, that God can give joy. That sometimes he gives joy in the midst of the pain that we suffer. Today we're going to look at uncertainty. And hasn't there been a lot of uncertainty? Um, our passage today comes from the very famous passage where Jesus is walking on water. It comes from Matthew 14, 22 through 33. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead of him to the other side. While he dismissed the crowd, after he had dismissed them, he went up on a mountainside by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat was already a considerable distance from land, buffeted by the waves because the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were terrified. It's a ghost, they said, and cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Lord, if it's you, Peter replied, tell me to come up to you on the water. Come, he said. Then Peter got down out of the boat, walked on the water, and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshipped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. In the immediate Derek's family, uh, meaning my, my sister and my brother, we kind of have a sort of tradition that has formed in the past mm, 10 years. Um, it started with my sister who had the first child. Um, and she didn't find out the sex of the baby. She didn't find out if it was going to be a boy or a girl. Uh, she ended up having my niece, Gracie, and, uh, and then the same thing with my brother. His, 
he had a uh, son, and he, they didn't find out if it was going to be a boy or a girl. And then my sister, her, her, her second child, same thing, didn't find out. And when it came to Nikki and I, which was a few years later, uh, we were like, well, everybody has been, you know, kind of doing it in mystery and, and not knowing uh, the sex of the baby. Uh, so I guess we're just going to stay true to that and, and keep the tradition going. Well, we struggled with this one for a little bit. And um, actually, probably my wife struggled a little bit more than I did. Uh, just because you want to have all these plans in place, right? Um, like, we were kind of wanting the room to be perfect, and you wanted it to be painted and, and just perfectly, the colors picked out, and, and all of these things. Uh, you want to get uh, the pillows right, and, and, and the clothes, you want those to be matching, and, and all of these things. You see, my wife is really organized, and, and maybe I'm not as organized, okay, not at all, anyway, but, um, well, but with this, we just didn't know what to expect, because we were leaving in a mystery if we are having a boy or a girl. Now, here's the crazy thing, we easily could have made a phone call to the doctor and said, what is it? They knew, we didn't, but they knew. And, uh, but we didn't do that. And I paid the price for this one. I mean, everything had to be neutral colors. I had to paint all of these gray lines throughout the entire room. Um, but uh, it was all uncertain, wasn't it? And I remember when it came time for showers, I remember people being so frustrated with us, saying, no, 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 you have to find out the sex of the baby, because we don't know what to get you. And I said, oh, we do? Uh, really? And so I would give them the whole, um, well, really we want tickets to Yankees games, and uh, the baby really, really wants Home Depot gift cards. Um, they learned to stop asking me that after I gave that reply often. But it was funny how uncomfortable with uncertainty that so many people were. Uh, when Nora was born, Nikki was certain that it was going to be a boy. Um, but it was a girl. And then when Nolan was born, Nikki was certain that it was going to be a girl. But it was a boy. <laughs> and the, the funny thing is, and as I say, uh, Nolan is born. Actually, as I was, I write these sermons now in my basement, not here at the church. And as I wrote that we had a boy, literally that line, I wrote it, I typed it out. Um, something smashed above me in in the next level up in the in the living room. Uh, Nolan smashed a whole glass jar that we have, and uh, I am reminded that I did truly have a boy. Um, but every time we thought we were certain about something, God reminded us that there's no certainty. Isn't that true in your own life? That nothing is truly certain. The disciples on that boat grew to understand the uncertainty of doing ministry with Jesus. 
However, they were always trying to grasp onto certainty. Like the one time, right before this, right before they got onto the boat, they took a boat after like tons of mission work with Jesus and even doing it on their own. They were exhausted. And Jesus said, let's go on a retreat. Let's rest. Let's tell stories about our mission trip. And let's do that. And so they're like, yes, Jesus is saying this. There's a certainty in this because Jesus is saying it. And they take the boat over the water and people follow them there. And, and then Jesus decides that these people are hurting and he feeds 5,000 people, which takes up the whole day. They had certainty, or at least they thought they had certainty, but nothing with Jesus is certain. You know, um, Peter says, Jesus, if it is you, uh, so Jesus is coming, walking on the water, and Peter says, if it is you, call me out to the water. And Jesus says, come. Peter steps onto the water, and a wind comes, and he gets scared, and he starts to sink. As a child, I looked at this passage as a passage on faith which it is. But I, I looked, and many readers read this, and they see this, like, unfaithful Peter. Come on, Peter. Jesus is right out there, and you of little faith are sinking? Come on, Peter. And a lot of people, including myself, read it that way, and I used to read it that way. You of little faith. Faith, Peter, you just saw this guy feed 5,000 people and he's walking on water. How could you sink, you of little faith? In the history of preachers, they often use this passage as kind of like a, a rally to, to have more faith, to go do ministry that Jesus is calling to us and have more faith. Peter should have had great faith, and you should have great faith too. But I don't know if that's the way I truly look at it now. I, I've looked at it in a different way. Um, I find preaching that, this passage and reading this passage in that way, saying, Peter, have more faith, as kind of like uh, armchair quarterbacking. You know what that is, right? Of course you do. Most of you watching are from Pittsburgh. Armchair quarterbacking or armchair coaching is meaning watching the game where you're sitting in a seat or in your living room and you're, you're yelling at the quarterback or, or the, the coach saying, you should have did it this way or you should do it this way. And then if they don't and they fail, then they should be fired, right? That's armchair quarterbacking and coaching. Um, but, you know, there's a reason that they're coaching in the game professionally and, or playing in the game professionally, and that's because they're professionals in the sport. And there's a reason that you and I are on the couches, um, because we're not. And so often we yell at them like we know what we're talking about, because, but the reality is we are not in their shoes, are we? And when it comes to Peter, 
you and I are not in Peter's shoes either. You know whose shoes we can actually identify with? There are shoes we can identify, and it's not Peter, and it's definitely not Jesus. We can't identify with those shoes. You know, Peter had the guts to actually get out of the boat and walk on water. That is crazy faith if you think about it. So we can't say you of little faith, Peter, because Peter went out and walked on water, even for a little bit. You and I are actually most like the 11 others who are off to the side and they're seated in the boat next to Peter and Jesus. That's who we actually can identify. Those are the shoes that you and I are in. We're in the boat. I have had my fair share of sitting and being scared over the last five weeks. Uh, and if you're being honest with yourself, you have also been scared. I've been nervous for the church and, and vulnerable people in the church and, and vulnerable people in my family and, and nervous for, uh, for people around us and, and all over. Uh, as numbers rise, uh, I am scared. I'm nervous for my kids when I hear that sometimes kids get sick. I have been nervous for our economy and how this is affecting people and children and how this will affect people in the long run. I, I am nervous about how this mentally will affect people. There is a lot of fear that I have been going through. And if you are honest with yourself, you have been having some fear as well. We are very uncertain about our future. There's nothing certain we get in our news anymore. While many people and preachers always use this passage as kind of a, a moral passage of how you're supposed to find this more faith and you're supposed to dig and find it and, and come out of the boat with more faith and walk on water, as to what we are supposed to be doing, nobody's really looking at the silent actions of Jesus. We look at, you know, words he says and actions of inviting Peter out, but there is a silent action that's even underneath the aspect of walking on water. There's something even more that we're missing in all of it. The almighty, powerful God who created the water, the land, the boat they are sitting, he created all of it. The storms that are swelling around, he created all of it. This almighty God who is walking on water is actually walking closer to the disciples. As he talks. Think about that. He then gets into the boat after the whole thing and everything settles down like a peace be still. You and I go through times of terror. And yes, we need more faith. But the way we do that is not search inside us 
like it's there and we just pull it out and like, I got it, here it is, I've had faith all along. That's not how we find faith. Because that actually is a work. That's something you do. Faith is recognizing that Jesus is drawing himself closer to us. In the storm, as we sit in the boat and we're scared out of our minds, we notice that Jesus is actually coming closer to us. Peter had more faith as Jesus came closer. Jesus comes to your house and my house, and he is drawing himself to you. He is drawing himself to our scared butts in the seats in the boat and just saying, peace, be still. I am coming towards you. The God who created it all, all of this, who knows all of the outcomes, when we are uncertain, he knows with certainty what is going to happen. And what he does is he walks towards us, saying, peace, be still. Jesus is the God who, when we are scared out of our minds, draws close to us. Feel the breath of God on you today as you feel the fears swirling all around you. Know that Jesus is walking close to you.